Love this podcast? Support this show through the supporter feature from Acast. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Right. Let's have a quick cookie now. Good to go then. Is, are there footsteps? Oh. Is it footsteps that are making the noise? Yeah. Kieran Heels. Oh, yeah. I was wondering. In high heels, or? Drop me in high heels. No, I'm in your slippers. Slippers? Yeah. <laughs> okay, then. <laughs> All right, guys. Uh, welcome to this episode of the Self Isolating. Uh, hosted by uh, me, Owen, from the Snowcast. I'm joined, as always, by DJ Walsh. DJ, how are you getting on? Not too bad, man. Not too bad. Hanging in there. We're, what are we now? Five, five, six weeks in knockdown? I know. It's, um, just, it's, it's the countdown now, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. It's, uh, we, seem, we seem to be... Uh, I, I see my dad sent me on a link there. There's like a, a pub a pub countdown app going around, doing the, doing the rounds. Like, so... <laughs> The young lad, like, <laughs> I'd say every young lad in Ireland has gotten that. Yeah. <laughs> I'd say like as soon as Leo wasn't even off the year, I'd say and the, the the website went live. So yeah, Dad sent me on that app uh, Friday night. I had to laugh like straight in there. So yeah, we're on the countdown. We're on the like look. There's phases to this thing, um, and you know what? We don't have a definite date, but. I think I think it helps everyone to have an actual fucking plan, you know, to 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 have some bit of light at the end of the tunnel and not just be like, right, we don't we don't know what's happening at all. So, yeah, man, it's good, it's good, it's good for the mental health. It's good, it's good to have something to aim to. Ah, that's good. And uh, the other voice on the line is Tommy Keary from the Irish Design Podcast. Tommy, how are you getting on? Yeah, good. Thanks. Very good. Thanks for having me on. Um, well, good. Just uh. Again, just like Darren, I'm just uh, rolling with it while we're week six, seven. So it's just uh, trying to keep sane. Uh, so this podcast we're going to do um, is kind of a reaction podcast to uh, kind of a prediction podcast, I suppose, uh, that we had there uh, about a week ago, was it? Um, with the Port Leash Pub Club and Tommy again. Um, but in that we were we were kind of predicting how the pubs could reopen, um, and in light of that, then we also got news from uh, on Taoiseach, um on Friday night 
as to the phases of reopening. So what are we looking for pubs? Phase five, is it? August 10th. Uh, well, it's it's phase five, um, and it's kind of, it's kind of debatable. It depends how quick they can move up the phases, but it's 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 phase five on the, the government document. But um, the pubs are pushing to be put into phase four along with restaurants and cafes. Uh, phase five, uh, like look, I I, I think um, in fairness, on I don't know, do you have a mole there in with the tea sugar or something? Because I think you pretty much called it spot on, like how it was going to play out. Last uh, last week, ten days ago, now when we recorded with Peter and, and Tommy, and uh, yeah, it looks it looks like like we like we predicted the pubs will be one of the last places to open up. Yeah, and I I think I still stand by it. Like the like they have to be the last place to open. Um, but what I do see, uh, and Darren, you shared a, a, a I think it was a Facebook post, was it from Henry Downs's earlier on? Um, yeah, and they were saying that. Um, like let make it a level playing field. Like you know, they they don't want to open up earlier. They want it to they want to open up when it's safe to do so. Um, but they also don't want restaurants or cafes to be able to sell alcohol. Um, if they're mm-hmm. not allowed, you know. So I think fair enough. Yeah. As well, like Henry Downs were kind of responding to the Vintners Federation of Ireland, which they produced the document today. Uh, basically putting the case forward for circumstances, which again, in fairness, Owen, yourself, Tommy and Peter, uh, all, I think, made suggestions last week. Maybe they listened to Snowcast, the VFI. Maybe the guy actually took everything he said last week and put, put in a document. We Last week, we kind of said that the pub should be the last of places to open. But we also said that we were postulating how they could possibly open. And P- Peter had been on to a couple of pubs and, and the, the Vintineers Federation came out today with um with a document basically outlining how they could potentially open and fix go along with cafes and they had like stipulations in that document. But Henry Downs in fairness to them came out and said we do not agree with the Vintineers Federation on this and they were saying we don't want to open until it is absolutely safe to do so. But then they said like so basically they were going against the Vintineers Federation recommendation. But the eleven playing field they said was if you can't open pubs, then you won't sell alcoholic beverages through cafes and bars and, and restaurants the pubs are closed. And, and and actually I think that's quite a sensible way to look at it as well. And it's 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 mad that even within the pub industry there's not a consensus um amongst them even and how they should proceed. Uh, which I thought was good because you know, they're not all being sheep following the one voice, like they're they're actually debating it amongst themselves and, and trying to find out what's right for for them and, and, and what's right for the Vintineers Federation might not be right for Henry Downs and, and much respect to Henry Downs as well for for giving their honest opinion and stand. Right, so I think what, I, what I'm going to do now is I'm going to just read out the 11 points that the VFI put forward and I suppose we can just discuss them with all the details for everyone, right? So point number one will, will be bars will become dispensed bars only with no sitting, standing, ordering, payment or drinking at the bar allowed. Uh, actually, maybe we'll just put, maybe we'll just discuss it after each after each point, just to so we yeah. get our word in. But yeah, again, that's what we said last week on the pod. There's there is no there's no way that you can have people up at a bar like like it's just it's just way too close to proximity. Yeah. Um, and like 
oh, so the, the only thing about it is that like, uh, which I didn't think about uh, really was that like, there'd be no sitting at a bar either, you know? Yeah. Uh, Cause you know, you'd have to have, so like there's a lot of pubs where there is only seats at a bar. Like what do you make of that? Yeah, I think if you, I was just thinking of basically J and K Walsh's. Like yeah. that's just that's just a counter, really. Do you know what I mean? So I'd assume it's is is this feasible for them? Do, do you know? Um, yeah. Like what do they have? They have uh, what one table at the very very front, and they have yeah. maybe two up in that back little fireplace yeah. or that, that back little room. But like. Oh, imagine, imagine the atmosphere in there. It'd be absolutely dead. It'd be like the table, like what, two people sitting at the table at the front, yeah. the whole rest of the bar empty, and then like two tables up the back or something. Oh. Same with um, Tom Mars. I was just only thinking of just pubs I know, you know, with big bar counters that are the focal point of the bar. Um, yeah. But then I, I was actually working it out because... Um, we could talk about it a bit later, but uh, um, there's I, I know that, that there is a lot of bars that I think kind of nearly bars that serve a lot of food are naturally doing table service anyway. So if you have a food offering, I don't think this is going to it, it, it will affect you, but you can kind of marry it to what you're doing, I think, you know. And then, um, and then does the food offering does that equate to being a restaurant or what, like, you know, yeah. That, like that cafe restaurant thing like you know like, uh, like there's a huge amount of pubs that would serve a lot more food than restaurants that would turn over a hu- way more food way more tables so I do see their points in terms of I know that they want to open earlier that they see themselves on a, le- a level playing field with restaurants and cafes so yeah but I'm even thinking of um, yeah. what's the one the um, not the Woodman what's the one there um, across from Burza not birds across from um, Cafe Lucia. He is. No. Oh, um, Ginger uh, Man. Ginger Man, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Like that is like quintessentially like a restaurant. Like really, yeah. it's always just rammed for like the food trade in there. Same with, I suppose, yeah. with like the monster and stuff during the day. Like, um, yeah. There's, yeah, there's, there's bars there that are like really actually restaurants you know and um, so yeah I, it's going to be tough to try and decide like where where you draw the line there I think I, th- I think like that's a great point that Tommy makes on bars like J&K Welch's um, you know which has a brilliant snug and like you said Owen it has that room but that the problem then even with trying to implement um, you know table service at that room and, and, and as they spend me bar in that room is the room up the back, unless you're in the snug, the room up the back of the entryway to the toilet as well. Mm. So like even here, like I think I think when you look at table one or point one on the on the list and then you, you combine them with point two and point three because the points that Tommy making point two and point three are crucial to it. Tom Mars and um Tom Mars and J and K Welches and those type of bars Point two is table service only, and point three is four people per meter per ten meter squared. I think is it. Oh, yeah. So like, you you actually straight away by right dispense or dispense bar only grant any bar can theoretically facilitate that, but point two and point three rules out an awful lot of bars straight away, 
And I think this may be a point that Henry Downs are bang on with. You can't come in at phase four and, and talk about even the playing field if it rules out half of pubs. Yeah. Uh, and, and I think, I, I know you said we go through each one, but I, I, I think specifically with the points that Tom, really good points that Tom has made, it's very hard to do that and comply with points two and points three unless you're like a graveyard where it's really ideally set up to spread people out and serve tables because they do it all of the growth. Um, and, and I think it's a very well-made point. And I just think if you're trying to eat field, restaurants and cafes, you're actually only even the playing field for gastropubs and you're, you're completely um, isolating the, the traditional uh, long bar then from, from that cohort. And you're suffering unfairly, uh, yeah. in my mind. So I think, I think it's a good list, but I think straight away there's already um, all in the policies that they're trying to implement. And they're trying to implement them for the right reason. I'm not trying to slaughter them, but, but I do think, like, the way Tommy's thought of fantastic water for bars, that, that's just... Well, it's funny, like, the, like these uh, recommendations here that are coming out are coming out from the Vintners Federation of Ireland. So, like, they're not going to, like, yeah. you know, if this had been coming out from the government, you would have been like, what the hell? There's no way. Whenever, you know, it's coming yeah. out from the actual people who want to reopen, like, they're trying to push the date earlier by implementing these. But, like, again, yeah, I don't know. Are you just vilifying a, a few, you know? Um, but I, th- I think as we, we were texting about this earlier on, and if you straight away, we were like, look, give them years credit. They're trying to be proactive. They're trying to do the right thing, and they're trying to do it with public health in mind, but with keeping keeping their members in business. But I think I think it's I get the impression, and I don't know who's on the Vintners Federation or who makes these decisions, but I get the impression that these are big bars, big cities that are are making decisions. I'm drawing up these lists because straight away, like. You can see we we've thought of there, there's loads of examples like features in Cork and bang in the middle of the city. No way could they comply with, with, with two of the first three um, things outlined there. A lot of rural pubs as well would struggle because a lot of the rural pubs are real intermingled pubs, you know. But but yeah, I suppose do you want to move on to some of the other um points then just to see see how they hold uh, up? Yeah, Glenn. Yeah, so yeah, you you just just go over the points two and three again where table service will be a requirement with pubs only serving customers seated at tables. Um fair enough, that's I think that's what we said again, like um but even actually just to bring back to that that first point there and to bring that J J K watches like um or or um Davy Max in Waterford as well. Like those pubs are two pubs with a snug um which uh like has a a, a a table at at the bar itself, you know. So it's like even that one in JK Walsh is at the front, like like that's just going to be knocked out immediately. You know what I mean? Um, like, like that's, yeah. you can't even serve, like you're serving at the bar there. You can't even bring it down to the table really because it's right on the bar. Um, and then secondly, yeah. the numbers on the premises would be confined to no more than four per every ten square meters. Um, so. Yeah, it makes sense. I think I think I think that um, that premise is going to have, have to be brought in for every single shop anyway. That it's going to be have to be the limit of people per um, meterage square meterage of the shop anyway. So yes, that's um, sensible enough. 
Point four then is a maximum of six people will be permitted at any one table. What size of a table? <laughs> like, just kind of a random one, isn't it? Like, yeah. And that's the thing. If you have one lad coming in for a point, is he taking up one table? <laughs> yeah. Do you know what I mean? For, yeah. Do you know what I mean? A gang of four wanting to come in, do you know? I, 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 or like, I, you know those like tiny little tables where, you know, you barely get two around it. Uh, like, all right, do yeah. six lads are just crowded around that or what's, what's the crack then? Like, <laughs> yeah. I, mean, I think here's where it falls down again. Like, if you do quick sums, like four people per 10 meter square, but six at a t- max six at a table, like, like you said yourself on there, like, is it going to be fucking Arthur's round table in every pub or what? Yeah. Like, you know, it's like straight, straight away you're talking about. There's probably only a handful of tables in the pubs in the country that that actually could facilitate complying with the max number of people per square square meter, but at the same time, fucking complying with the max number of people per table. Like, you, there's there's not there's a handful of pubs in the country could have could have this maximum of six people at a table. Like what? Um, like four. And well, ten square meters. What? Like it's like three point three three. Is that by? Three or whatever. That's like your, in terms of meters, isn't it? That's that's how you work it out, isn't it? Like three meters, three by three yeah, like, ish. Like, like. so, yeah, like yeah. that's a fairly large space. Like for four, like yeah. well, you're talking you're, you're talking about nine yeah. foot by nine foot. You know, like put in terms of feet, like like nine foot. Like if you meet someone that's six foot six, like. You think they're a giant? Imagine them lying down, and then another half half of yeah. them on top of it, like yeah. and drawn square that way. You know, <laughs> when you think about it, it's a fucking huge area. There's not many. There, there, I can't think of any pubs in Waterford off the top of my head, or Kilkenny for that matter, that would would actually be able to have yeah. a table. That's I don't know. Yeah, I think yeah, maybe parts of Grady's, maybe, but like yeah, again, like it's it. it like it's going to be a very very limited um, operation, uh, right? Anyway, uh, point number five is customers will be required to use hand sanitizer upon entry. Fair enough. Um, yeah. Makes sense. Um, all customers must remain seated. Is point number six. What to make of that? Get down! <laughs> yeah. Get down! <laughs> Sit down. <Yeah. laughs> fucking six class all over again when the bishop comes in to do the fucking. Like <laughs> the fucking dust are thrown at your head because yeah. you fucking your arse, um, like. yeah, yeah. Well, like I, I, it, I just it, like I suppose it make it makes sense, like, but like it's kind of a weird point. Like I, I, I wouldn't be like known for kind of wandering around the pub, like, just in general. Yeah. <laughs> oh, look at him! He's off again. He's doing he's the laugh. <laughs> the one, uh, uh, yeah. yeah like, uh, go on, Tommy. Walk away. No, sorry. No, like I think the whole. Uh, I suppose it, if you look at the plan, it's all the points make sense, but they're not kind of logical in terms of it's. It's not like one big kind of yeah. checklist. Do you know what I mean? You're not working through going right. If I get all these, yes, all the things are all the cards are falling into place. Um. Because I'm just thinking, like, the fact if you're getting up, if you're walking around, uh, like, unless you're in a nightclub situation or if you're going dancing, like, I don't see how that would be an issue. Mm-hmm. You're, you're doing just walking around as you would be in super value or, or whatever, do you know? So, 
Where does it? Yeah, I, I think I think it's a very difficult one because like we're being seated, but like, what are the sanctions and how are they going to determine what the sanctions are? Because if you need to go for a piece, you can't. Yeah. Like, what are we going to do? Are, are they going to have, have hand sanitizers and catheters for everyone <laughs> at the door? Like, you know, I saying, <laughs> what way does this work? Like, you know, and, and, and I know they do mention toilets and, and, and stuff later on, but like, remain seated. So if someone gets up to go to the toilet, but the toilet's at capacity, how are they supposed to know? And then they're not remaining seated. And then are they going to, going to be because of that? And, and are the Vintners Federation potentially opening up a lot of I presume would be fiscal sanctions against pubs because someone got up to go for a piss and they weren't able to, and then they halfway there that they turn around and walk back, and you know the wrong fucking person walks in at the wrong time, and the guard inspector arrives, and you know I, I think you're dead right, Tommy. Every point individually makes perfect sense, but the practicalities of implementing mm-hmm. them all simultaneously yeah. is very, yeah. very difficult. Or even I suppose, as in, even if you're broken into, um, um. Gas, gastro versus non-gastro and the same for cafes versus restaurants I think they probably need to be way more specific for cafes yeah, yeah. who don't have a food offering maybe who are more coffee orientated or drink orientated versus a restaurant that is yeah. holy food do you know I don't think they're all same with, same with places with like outdoor um, facilities like beer gardens and stuff like that like that's you know you have a different kind of layout there as to you know how you can accommodate those like yeah, yeah, because I think I think that's touched on on a later point. But even on the point there, Tommy said about separating gastro and non-gastro. Like Grady's Yard have a have a kitchen and they provide food from the kitchen. In Phil Grimes, you can go up to Tom and ask him to order you a pizza, and you'll get a pizza in. Now he's not going out the back cooking the pizza, but you can still get you can still get food in Phil Grimes. You can still get hot food from a pizza gaff down the road. So then, like, is he able to say, right, well, I'm providing food here? Uh, so technically, depending on how you're going to define it, can he can he fall in under a gastropub? Um, it's it's one of these things. That, it's an unprecedented situation. I have so much sympathy for the Fintaneers Federation and what they're trying to achieve. Um, but it's almost like this thing happened on Friday and they all met up for a few <laughs> cans on Zoom themselves. And like, oh and like it's, it's almost like the first the first couple of points they're like really debating them, and then by like this stage they're like. That's a good one. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Oh, lads, we need at least uh, 10 points. Like, just, just throw in another one there. Um, but yeah, here I'll go on to point seven there. Um, so this so this one is um again, it's a bit vague, um, but it's an important point as well. So staff will be fully trained in new procedures. They will also be asked to maintain a safe distance from customers when taking orders and wash their hands early every 30 minutes. Now, what's interesting in that one is that they'll be asked to maintain a safe distance from customers, but it doesn't say anything about um, the new that are the staff themselves, uh, like um, a safe distance from themselves. Um, so how, how, how do you guys see behind the bar being laid out? How, how... So there was actually... The, I, I actually saw a couple of tweets about this earlier on. One of them, like, there was a tweet from Martin McMahon who was on the Echo Chambers podcast. And, like, Martin's one of these controversial characters who say, like, he, he's very opinionated and it's, he, he, he knows his own mind, I'll put it that way. Like, he's a great follow on Twitter. Um, 
But he, he would literally, straight away, he was like, there's no mention of staff PPE or how staff are supposed to protect themselves from each other. And I think he, he does hit a really, really good point. And um, in fairness, we discussed this last week where we were talking about um, the space behind bars tends to be quite quite narrow and and it's, go- it, it's going to be very, very hard. Now, I will say this. When we discussed it last week with Peter and Tommy, we, we talked about, like, you know, if one person's pulling a pint and the Bacardi's over their mm. shoulder and another person's taking an order, if they're doing table orders and stuff like that, they will be able to pace themselves to make sure they're not sharing the same space. But it is going to be a huge challenge on the staff training then. The first thing I thought when I saw that was, you know when you're in work and you're doing training on something that mm-hmm. doesn't really relate to what you're actually doing or the skill set that you have, which is what this would be. And I know it's important, but like every training that you do in work is made out to be important. When you don't have a background in it, you're not interested in it, you tend to just mm-hmm. cruise through it. And I don't think, I'm not saying that people working at bars will be complacent about this in any way. But what I am saying is like, Training in aseptics and training in these like really clean techniques and training in like person to person distance and stuff like that is not straightforward. It's not a simple process. So I don't envy staff. Especially like some of these people are like 18, 19 year olds who are doing this for a few pounds in their back pocket uh, to get them through college and stuff. I don't envy them with trying to take on this this responsibility that pub staff are going to have for each other. You know, it's a huge responsibility that they have for each other to 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 maintain social distancing and to maintain this standard um, that, to be honest with you, the pub trade, like you know yourself, most pubs that you regularly frequent are going to be really good, clean pubs. You see Tom Ryan is always fucking cleaning down the bar and Phil Grimes. But I, I feel very, very sorry for, for temporary pub staff who are going to go back to work and all of a sudden be inundated with all this training and expected to be able to go from the off. Um, and I hope that if they do, like, like, the VFI are, are suggesting training. Do they have a training module set up now? Is it going to be phased um, as we move closer towards pub opening? Are they going to get staff in to train it? And how are they going to do that? I mean, you know, it's, it's going to be very, very mm, tricky yeah. for them to do. I think it's one of these really noble um, things to do. Plus, I'm really, really confused. Washing their hands every 30 minutes, right? From, from what we know about this virus, you know, 15 minutes contact with the virus, it's, you know, it's there. So, like, if you if you get an infected person coming up to the bar and they manage to fucking put droplets of the virus onto the bar surface and the staff are cleaning that and come in contact with it, if they're then not washing their hands for another 25 minutes, they're very, very likely to be contaminated. And I just think it's one of these really noble points that they're trying to make to try and put something forward. I very, I fail to see how it'll be practically implemented. And even at that, washing their hands every 30 minutes simply won't be enough. It won't be enough. And it's it's one of these things where they're trying to do the right thing, but they're doing yeah. it the wrong way. What do you make of Tommy? Yeah, it's a good... Yeah, no, it's some good points. And I think, like Darren said there, like, in terms of staff, I like... I, I, like they said, it's it's this is obviously putting more you're gonna need more staff. It's more it's gonna be to, more labor intensive. Well you have to just reorganize it so that there's one person behind the bar, one person now who's on like you're gonna be less busy, like just just like 
just being um, yeah. a runner, basically yeah. having one runner who's like doing like, orders. You know, yeah, if you, yeah. yeah. Like if, you, if you if you if you have the limiters, the amount of people you're allowing to the bars so that four per every ten square meter, like you're going to be less busy. Like I don't, yeah. I actually don't think you're going to need that amount of staff really. But like, yeah, maybe so. But again, it kind of harps back to the one main point is that this is not a once. Uh, this isn't. A one size fits all, so it's it's going to affect different pubs in different ways. Pubs that that need to have a high turnover um, on drinks, food, people coming in and out. So you're talking um, about Temple Bar, like they'll obviously be be wiped out now. You're thinking there's going to be no live music. There's going to be no tourists anyway. Uh, no live music allowed, which we we'll, we'll touch on in a bit. But um, yeah, I I just think yeah, I I I do feel bad for staff because. It's not easy working in a bar, and then just obviously uh, this just brings an extra, a major extra element to it, you know. Um, and yeah. I can only imagine the fucking small talk they're going to have for the the first know, few weeks, yeah. you know, like once they're back open. Same questions oh, yeah. as the same fucking show. Maybe, yeah. oh, maybe, maybe the first point is probably uh, for the best. Then not having allowing people up to the bar like that. You're only for. A pretty for yeah. waiters and, oh. uh, that are going to that have to be dealing with coming down to a table like and taking orders like again like that's what you're you're nearly better off handing them a card an order card and hand it back to you that's it no no actually, talking that's actually not a bad idea though like some sort of like like just a sheet system or something like that just fucking tick your yeah token drink token you have them yeah do you know yeah. there's less because I know the, the other thing, the, the other thing there, Tom, is going to ask you about that is like, say, just looking at the government um, implementation guide, I presume, in terms of like you guys getting your staff back in in the auction house, is, is a phase three you're looking at their return to low interaction work um, for open non essential retail outlets with street level access. So, is that, uh, is that kind of what you're looking at or? Uh, well, see, I think we're classed the same as in March because an auction is a public, it's a public sale. So I think we're going to be going from the 15th, but we won't have anyone in there as in members of the public. But that's, that's the plan. Okay, so you're, you're phase two, basically. So yeah. like, um, we think retail so. <laughs> it's very vague, though, isn't yeah. it? Like, even in general, yeah. just the And it, we were saying, like, we're setting it up like that we've no one to like we'd love to have like an inspector or someone that you could just show them walk them around and say right is this are you happy with this but obviously there's no one there's no one we can do you know and I'm sure there's lots of shops and places like that I think at a base level it's just going by your square footage and just saying what it's four per uh, four per yeah. ten meter square um, at a minimum I suppose or at a maximum and then do you like do you have any guideline for staff or is it just like, you know, right, are, are, are you like bringing staff back or will you be in a position to, or how is that going to work or, or do you even know at this stage? Yeah, we're not, that's what we're working out this week, but we're, we're aiming to have everyone back like fully on the week of the eighth, uh, which is phase two and with social distancing kind of plans in place, like we've we've cut our office in half, we've, brought, we've opened another office that we're going to put half us into um, and then just putting in place people who buy, people who purchase, like, because um, there's only seven of us, no, eight of us, so it's not it's not too bad in terms of numbers, yeah. obviously, to manage. But so You're uh, well placed to, to, to deal with it anyway, like. Yeah, but it's just, again, like, there's no clear guidelines for, like, 
the likes of us or offices, do you know, there's not there's not a, a checklist, do you know, um that we would love to get, do you know, which make our lives a bit a bit more straightforward. Yeah. Um do you know, because uh, everyone's talking about bars and restaurants, and, which is great. And I think that the longer this goes on, the more damage we're doing to the economy. Do you know what I mean? Like, the, it's just dead right now. So you need to totally have movement. Um, but I think there's no point opening and people just kind of, I think there's a lot of people that are just going to open and they won't, they're just opening and they just, they're, they're just going to wing it. And I totally don't blame them. Whereas... I think if we had to even take an extra week or two uh, to have to plan more details, maybe it's, that would be a better thing to know that. Well, I think as well, for, from a consumer point of view, like everyone's highly charged at the moment too. So if you go into an establishment, whether it's a pub or whether it's yeah. an auction room or whether it's in, like an, an antique uh, shop like you have as well or, or whether it's a fucking Aldi or Little, like if, if you go into a place and it's calm, it's organised, things are so highly charged people are so conscious like they're likely to think really highly of that business and return to it whereas I think if you go in and people open ad hoc uh, with no structured plan and staff kind of going around willy nilly and if you see three or four staff huddled together or people like that straight away you're, you're yeah. going to be like fuck this place yeah. your standards aren't yeah. where they need to be right now uh, it, it won't reflect well in the business. So, in fairness, for fair play to you, like you seem like you have the house in order. So yeah, but you on the spot. <laughs> no, no, no. Because uh, it's funny enough. There was um, so in, my parents were walking yesterday in Tremor, and there's a cafe opened yesterday to do take takeaway coffee only. But they set up two tables outside yesterday morning, and I think they were gone by two o'clock because someone oh. made a complaint um, by lunchtime. Um, I'm I'm not sure the ins and outs, but that that my parents actually got a takeaway coffee from there. But I don't think that they were actually meant to anyway have seating outside or have tables. Yeah, but um, um, which is kind of interesting, like, you know, people ringing the guards over these things, like and you know, it's... yeah, because I I think people are highly strong, and me um, included. You know, I I, I kind of get anxious now when I see people. You know, even people talking on the street. You're like, boy, <laughs> yeah. hey, you're, that it's not you can dial on your phone, like just just waiting for that. Just, yeah, get your tongue in one's mouth. Yeah, because I've I've actually called the guards twice um, on groups of teenagers up near where I'm living. So yeah, I'm 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 well attuned to it. Um, <laughs> but yeah, yeah, no, I, I think just even just to bring it back to the to the bars there, like, um, yeah, they're going to have to change, like, in terms of uh, how they're even going to set up behind the bar. Like, I was talking to Kira earlier on there today, and she was kind of making the point of, like, say about Darren, what you were saying, like, like moving all of those like um, spirits things to like one side of the bar, maybe have like you know, if you're quite a big establishment, maybe like the Reg or something like that, like, you know, having spirits at one end of the bar, having like pints at the other end of the bar and having like one person on each and that like, you know, you're just shouting orders to one another or whatever. Um, and like, yeah, again, just having it set up where you have your like collection point for waiters and waitresses where, you know, and have a social distancing measure in for them. But like, I don't know, even, even, I don't know, I've noticed as well, like, even going into some shops there lately, like, there's, um, there's a kind of a spar near us, and, like, 
like even the staff are like behind the counter there's two tills but like the tills are definitely not two meters apart like you know and they're standing behind that all day long you know so like I think I think um, that there's a good point that you say Kara made about sp- separating spirits and beers and stuff and I, I think that actually ties in nicely to the next point about utilisation of outdoor uh, facilities if they have them because you know I, I know the, the example that comes to my mind is when you go to Anfield to a Liverpool match and you go to one of the pubs near the ground at the time because obviously that's like, it's for a different reason but if you go to Hotel Tia or the Sandin or one of these pubs near the ground you're talking about 55 60,000 people condensing in the one really small local area at one stage that actually they have like these these like beer dispensing tents set up outside in their beer gardens so I think that's something that like if the weather stays the way it is the bigger venues and again it's kind of discriminating against the likes of a JK Welch's and, and, and a Tom Mars but I think some of the bigger bars are going to be well able to to use their outdoor facilities if the weather stays the same and set up a little fucking tent with a with a tap a temporary tap pulls out from um from from the bar and it actually just you know it'll actually facilitate that a bit more um it's it's an interesting one because some bars some bars have brilliant outdoor spaces but uh you know we've we've already mentioned a lot of places that will have issues with the table service for people per 10 meters squared they also have the same issues with the the outdoor space um what do you think about about it like like we're all big fans of beer gardens mm. like who fucking isn't you know beer gardens are brilliant they're great if you have um, them. and it yeah. might be the way of- like how, yeah, how, yeah. Many, how many places like um, just in Waterford, let's for, for example have have one not many like like and, and like you know, even you know, do you do you ban do you ban smoking areas? Is that what you is that what you do? Do you take smoking areas out of the equation and, and start opening up in smoking areas? Like if people are gonna if people are gonna be requiring space, like like you can't have a smoking area only. Like I don't, I think it's the minority of people now in Ireland. You can't have like a People won't be able to get up and go. Exactly, yeah. Yeah. Seated. yeah. You know, if you have a smoking yeah. area, people congregate in the one space, like they increase the smoking area, it complicates it even further. Really? <laughs> <laughs> Everyone can smoke again inside, yeah. <laughs> That's point. <laughs> uh, yeah, I look, I, look, I suppose, it, like, the... Um, like the 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 point um, that the vintners have said is the utilize, utilization of outdoor spaces to enhance social distancing makes sense. Like there's if you have it fucking flaunted, I suppose you know. Um, now the next point is I have a notion what's going on here. Procedures implemented to ensure safe use of toilet facilities, which may include limits on the number of using toilets at any one time. Does that just mean that they just need to have someone on the door, like kicking in and out? Like, I assume that's just for a busy fucking Um, busy bar. Yeah, I I think like how many? How many? Straight away, think about toilets and bars. How many bars have one sink? You know, how many? I I, how many bars have two sinks? Very, very few. I don't know how you you have to limit it. You have to limit it to one person per toilet because. 
you know, I know it's grand, like, you know, women's toilets will be just cubicles and men's toilets will have cubicles and urinals and you can you can te- theoretically spread people out. Uh, but, like, you know, the fucking sink facilities and hand washing, like, let's call a spade a spade. Like, we've, we've all been in many a fucking toilet, many a bar. Hand washing under the influence of drink tends to be poor enough in Irish males to begin with after they use the toilet. Now, I mind say with fucking COVID-19 around. So you're talking about, a ve- that's a very tricky one. And I think they've just, it's a very complicated situation. And I think it's, mm. they've just complicated the wording of it. it. Again, it falls into one of the things that, how, how do you, yeah. how can like, you try and begin? I, I, I know we were saying our drones aren't that, like we were yeah. reading through it. And we were like, ah, oh, fair play to him. This is, you know, proactive or whatever. But reading it again, like it's very rough, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, it 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 seems yeah. to be. It look they're trying to do the right thing, and I, I can't give them enough credit for that. But but when you break it down and you look at each point, each point individually stands up on its own. But when you put them together, it's hard to see how a pub can function. And this this is why the pubs were closed to begin with, because. Um, you had a combination of people like the places in Temple Power that just didn't give a fuck. Um, you see you see the social media videos of bouncers telling people, taking videos of them to fuck off and that it's nobody's business that people can enjoy themselves. So you've got that, that attitude first. But then you've got the honest bar owners who closed up beforehand and we made lists we have of list. people before <laughs> we know who came in. But we were we are, we actually have a list some we have a list on our phones of bars in Waterford who turn around straight away and said we cannot adhere to social distancing guidelines it's not it's impossible to police now so we're shutting down before we're forced to and in fairness to those places they did the right thing in, in the interest of public health so this is again another reason why I think pubs need to be the last ones to open because it's just so impossible to police and the policing of it cannot be down to the bars themselves because if you're trying to minimise their staff for all the reasons we've already outlined, then you can't be bringing extra people in trying to police. And then yeah. what authority do those people have in the bar? Like, how do you maintain yeah. social distancing and throw someone out of a bar? Like I've seen Owen being, yeah. I've seen Owen being thrown out of a few places and usually <laughs> has to be carried. Be, uh, carried uh, there's, and, there's a lot of social contacts like, in, in that situation, yeah. like. Yeah, there's a lot of spread mayonnaise, but sure, look, uh, yeah, it, it's it's just it's just one of those where it's it's fucking great in theory, but in practicality, um, I just don't think right. it's gonna work. And do you think, like, do you think, like, in terms of whether it's, I know they want to move it forward to be on the same footing as restaurants, cafes on June 29th, or even if it's August, whatever tent. Um, all things going well or whatever but like do you think it's going to be an absolute floodgate or do you think the Irish people are smart uh, enough and I'd say it'd be a floodgate but, yeah yeah I'm not I'm not going to a bar for a week or two weeks after the open like I really want to support them but I just I just think that after what at that stage will be three to four month lockdown by the time they're realistically open I think People are just going to flood, literally flood to pubs, and I think I think there's going to be a yeah. lot of standing outside, not being let in. And again, like then you're on the street and people aren't social distancing because they're trying to get into a pub. Um, yeah, 
and it's something Owen you brought up last week where will pubs will you actually need to book a time that you can book into the pub? Uh, yeah, there's a great opportunity for an app there if someone has any fucking skills to make one. I don't, but I I, I just think again, how the fuck how how you know people people are going to flood them, and there and 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 there are going to be bars that will look at it as we've been absolutely rode as businesses for the last couple of months. And some of the smaller bars will not be getting the same support or, or will be under serious financial pressure. Like, there's going to be bar managers around the country. Uh, there's going to be the, the, the minority, let's say it's going to be the minority, that'll be like, yeah. let another few in. That's going to happen, isn't it? Like, they're going to Personally, yeah, yeah. And per- yeah. Personally, I just don't want to be there when a flock of, you know, People you who know, don't punk, care about social it. distancing coming yeah. to the and and, and, and the people love it. They love it like cameras everywhere in every city in Ireland waiting, just take getting the getting the perfect shot of people falling out of bars that night or whatever, and you know spreading it uh, or yeah. whatever. But I don't envy them now, in fairness. Um, no, no, and, and again, like this, the bar stuff. Uh, so so point ten there is um, no live music or DJs. Yeah. That's including you. Um, so, nothing to be said about podcasts, though, is there? <laughs> you know, can, you, can you be able to record a podcast in the, in the pub? Yeah, I, I'd say we get away with it all. Yeah. Well, we have the extra long mics. So, like, you know, we have the extra long <laughs> Yeah, uh, They're 10 meters long, actually. So, we... We... <laughs> we, we have to be, we we can record. We can definitely record and maintain the social distancing. But I think uh, <laughs> yeah, you know, the barman will be tripping over the mic. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Look, to be honest, which is probably just the thing that, like, you know, uh, music crowd gathering, it, it'll bring a crowd. And the last thing you want in a pub, yeah, on the way out of lockdown, is a crowd. Um, I think it's sensible. I I feel sorry again. I feel sorry for musicians and DJs around the the country who. Who like the gig economy is let down and they don't have any support and and they've basically lost. They're going to end up losing. Like even if we come under lockdown after three four months, they'll end up losing six months of income, a half year's income. I feel very sorry for them, but th- this is a sensible point um, because just it does gr- it does draw a crowd, um, and it's very very difficult to see how you support the. It's very the sad for them, isn't it? For musicians, uh, uh, like. It's a like it's a tough gig anyway, yeah. like especially if it is your main source of income. And now you're pretty much just going to be reliant on the payment or just trying to get yourself another job um when things re- reopen, like you know. Um I like mm-hmm. Well the thing that, the, the thing that I'm worried for musicians and, and DJs and stuff is when we get to phase four or phase five or whatever the public open is, will the government then stop the COVID payment? If they're even entitled to the mm-hmm. COVID payment, I actually don't know off the top of my head if they are because obviously they they won't you know they won't be able to get an they won't they won't be able to get an employer to sign them off. Um, so so I, I I'm I'm I feel so sorry for them because the thing about it is is even if they are entitled to the COVID payments, at what stage does the COVID COVID payments stop and does that stop at phase five mm. but then there's a couple of months where they're yeah. going to be out of work and beyond 
and these people have, have to, to pay for their lives. And if the one thing COVID has shown up is that so, social welfare payments isn't enough for someone to live off. So I, I feel incredibly sorry for mm. musicians and DJs and, and my heart goes out to them uh, because they do yeah. make a lot of good nights, great nights uh, with the entertainment. Yeah, 100%. Um, just, I, just on that point, I actually listened today to um, Mark Graham's podcast. His latest episode was with uh, the main music booker for Whelan's. Uh, in Dublin, so well, that's just, um, Mark give that a listen. he gives a good insight yeah. into, to, I suppose, where live music was. That's Mark Rain from Hong Kong, please. No? Sorry. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's got a very good podcast. I think it's it's about the Irish music. It's, it's called the Irish Music Podcast or the Irish Music Industry, something along yeah. those lines. But yeah, it just gave a good insight, and he was just saying how it's going to take so much time to recover from this in terms of live music. Um, and I suppose people's behaviour towards live music. Um, obviously, people are going to be slow to go back to be sociable beings in a bars, restaurants. But it's even going to be a longer play yeah. ahead for the likes. How of do you make music. it back? Like, yeah. um, um, how do you make that work? Because and you, well, a lot from their perspective, and I know this is not really too relevant to bars, but they get a lot of kind of touring bands. And if you have to cut the capacity of a venue uh, to to help with social distancing, well, one, you're going to take away um, the enjoyment of a gig and the atmosphere. But two, it's just not feasible for... Yeah, who's going to own a gig? And like, you can see that, as well you know, with a lot of like those music festivals as well. Like, you know, if people are going to cancel tours and stuff like that, like, you know, pop it over to Ireland for or whatever, like, you know, they're... They're just, they're just not going to get the same amount of people anyway. So, like, I, I can see a lot of those, like, festivals and things like that, like, even in, like, late, um, so, well, after, well, after the first of September or whatever, like, still being cancelled anyway, you're not going to get the same amount of people. I can also see a lot of bands, because, like, there's been a lot of bands, um, even before this, who said it was no longer sustainable to be a band and gig around like so you had the likes of O Emperor um, and a few others like around who just kind of ceased being banned because it was no longer sustainable for them so like if it was unsustainable then like it's going to be unsustainable very much so now like um, so yeah I can, I can see a lot of uh, bands around just, just disbanding and getting normal jobs The one, the one thing I'd say about that, though, is like, um, I suppose this this pandemic has given a lot of time for people to explore creativity. And the other thing as well is when we do get back up and running and when music and like DJs are feasible in pubs, um, all of a sudden, when you, as you said, you can't have touring bands from um, maybe even Northern Ireland. I don't know how it'll work at that, but from the UK or from, from Europe or whatever it might actually create a bit of an opportunity for Irish bands to do a few bigger gigs when all this starts to get back to normal. So I think, I think it's one of those things where if, if a good Irish band who hasn't quite hit the mainstream yet uh, can hang in there and, and that there, there will be a demand 
maybe in six, eight months' time for some really good live music and concerts if, if we get the other side of this pandemic. And if we do, I think there might be actually be quite a good opportunity for some, some singer-songwriters and some bands from Ireland because it's like that, like, all the, all the best music comes from shit times, like, so, so, like, all the best art does. So I wonder, like, there may be a small little silver lining on this cloud for musicians and DJs where it, it might actually inspire some extra creativity and there might be some some future opportunities. I don't think it's going to be the near future, but maybe some future opportunities for them because of, um, I suppose, number one, there might be travel restrictions. And number two, there might just be a slower, a less of which, a culture of... of which um, Irish band would you say yeah, would be the first this. to write a song about um, coronavirus? The coronas maybe are... You two already have. Um, Bono <laughs> already has... Prick, uh, <laughs> but, but I think uh, yeah. Codeline love a good sad song. Trick, maybe. Um, and, yeah, and then if you're talking about singer songwriters like Mick, Mick, Mick Flannery, try like Mick Flannery lives oh, in Chrissy, Chrissy. Zone, like that's yeah. where all his best stuff comes from. Oh, yeah. like, you know, so he's got a voice. Chris, oh, Christy, but Christy will be right. Christy will get another six live albums out on this, like, but uh, oh, you will, yeah. yeah. But I think that's as well, like Mick Flannery has a voice for uh viral pandemic that's threatened the entire existence of human human life um, and that's a compliment by the way he's got a lovely voice uh, but I think McFlannery could do quite well out of um, out, out of the pandemic if if, if, if <laughs> that sounded a lot worse than the, uh, right than and just final bad. point there is Gardy HSE will have the power to close any business who is flouting the public health guidelines I love the way they use the word flouting as well. That's a it's great. <laughs> yeah, great use of the word. I, the gas thing is, this whole document is is proposing that they open a phase four instead of phase <laughs> five, which is the public health guidelines. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's quite funny. Flouting like. their own guidelines, like yeah. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. but but yeah, I had to laugh. Like I I replied in a tweet to. Um, to pop today being like you know when they when they tweeted out this list i said like i work in the hsc i don't mind yeah. i don't mind hanging around drinking a few pints and keeping an eye on things like you know but uh yeah but yeah i i think no matter what like you're the problem there is uh the guardy and the hsc are criminally understaffed before the pandemic hits so how many pubs are there you know are you going to like does it become mm. part of the guard of beat checking in if pubs are okay and, and and all that, and I just think I, just, I think it's a very very noble. There's a very noble sentiment to it again, but I think you're talking about an under-resourced Garda force, an under-resourced HSE force, um, yeah. with, with, with trying without trying to sound like a condescending dickhead. Uh, they have bigger things to be yeah. dealing with um, over the next couple of months uh, than counting heads in pubs, and I think pubs have a huge responsibility. Uh, to make sure that when they do open, whether it's phase four, phase five, that they themselves follow the public health guidelines. And the Vintineers Federation, even before this, these phases were announced, said that no matter what they, no matter what they would go along with public health guidelines. And that's very welcome. But how the fuck? Are, how you know mm. the Guardian and the HSC think, are not going to do this? Um, I think the Vintner Federation are probably they don't, just they don't have the to do feeling it. hard done by with the cafe and restaurant thing. Yeah, yeah, like and I can see why they're similar kind of premises, really, aren't they? Like you know, a lot of yeah, I can totally see why. Same, yeah, 
service as per se, similar service as per se. Yeah, um, a lot. Of, you know, like, like again than a lot of cafes, cafes as well. Are you yeah. like you know queuing up up to a bar to get your coffee or whatever? Like so. Yeah. It's they are yeah, very similar. That, that's actually a very good point. Yeah, like yeah. Um, do you guys think? Uh, yeah, on that note with the guards and that, do you think they should maybe, I in terms of the time of the pandemic, uh, do you think they should alter um, the opening hours of pubs? I think, like I'm thinking, maybe if there's a uh, last order at ten o'clock or something, um, half ten, I don't know, something like that, that <laughs> it may help the situation. Can I get eight points, People please? may less get less buckled. <laughs> half nine. <laughs> half nine. Walk in half nine. But yeah, do, but do you think something like yeah, that? Would I, was, help? I was actually going to ask there, or, just to kind of um, finish off the podcast here. Like, is there anything there that you'd improve upon? And yeah, maybe that's one of them. Yeah, I, I just think on that point, I think like I think our drinking culture is going to be altered, and I'm not sure whether the long term that I think people are which I which I quite yeah. enjoy is actually going out for drinks earlier um, and maybe finish earlier. Um, but that's maybe just I'm showing my age do you know what I mean so but I'm not sure whether that would actually help the whole situation that you're going to have less people that are congregating maybe binge drink like like to do on an average Saturday night where people may go binge drinking in a house head into town to somewhere and they're falling well, out the door then the they're much harder to manage um yeah 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 but that, that's one of the fucking bizarre things like like they've they've put pubs and nightclubs in the same bracket to me like a nightclub is a lot there's no table it's not a single like, table like, no, 100%. like there's a dodgy boot in the corner or something like, that's even if there is i don't i don't want to touch the fucking <laughs> I, I, I don't I don't want to put my hand on a table in a nightclub because I don't know whether well, that's fucking body you, fluid or beer fluid. Do, like, you know, uh, like, everyone's going to remain seated and then you're going to have fucking Tiesto in the corner, is it? Like, <laughs> Yeah. But I think as well, like we fucking, we debated 11 points there on how the challenges pubs are to, ha- to meet all these. Like, imagine going into a fucking nightclub mm-hmm. and there's a limit of four people per 10 meters squared. Like, We'd be the most inbred yeah. country in two years' time if that was the case. Like, you know, <laughs> like for fuck's sake, I just think I think I think when we say yeah. like pubs should be the last place to open, like nightclubs, <laughs> like, I wouldn't, it wouldn't bother me if a nightclub never opened again. But I think you have to look at like this, the student, like in fairness, like nightclubs have their role in society, and we spent many many a night in the nightclub back in the day. But I think like Jesus, pubs and nightclubs are not the same. And I think that I, that's where I sympathize yeah. with the Vintineers Federation. They are closer to yeah. cafes and restaurants. The pubs that we go to anyway yeah. are closer to cafes and restaurants than they are to any fucking nightclub. Um, I, th- I think when you talk about like shortened hours, Tommy, I think it's going to be inevitable that, that it's going to be shortened hours. I think the one, yeah. one thing's for certain, the guards will not want people falling out of pubs, everyone congregating out of a pub to a kebab shop at two, like, just out of interest, like, I presume, like, chippers and that are going to, like, that's the other thing, like, when, what the, when do chippers and yeah. that open to the public? And then, like, are you going to have yeah. Lombard Street full of 40 people? Are, are, are there going yeah. to be 40 people congregating outside Lombard Street already a bag of chips at three in the morning because they've all been like, in the ridge? Yeah. 
Well, that's it. Like, but I think I think most of them are doing click and collect. I don't think any of them are actually open open. But like, click and collect isn't no. gonna isn't gonna work uh, at three in the morning with a fucking someone pissed off no. their face. And uh, then even at that, like when you're talking about opening pubs and stuff like taxis, how is the taxi going to work if you're supposed to maintain no. social distancing? You can't maintain social distance in a taxi. So it's a minefield. It's a minefield. Fuck, man. It's, I think, it's, like, it's a minefield. I think it's the, a minefield. Like, Veterans Federation have done well um, today, and I, I, like, I applaud them for the, like, putting a bit of thought into it and, and, you know, trying to get things up and running. And in fairness, they've actually put in a few recommendations there that are like, quite specific as to how they envisage like, public life going ahead. Whereas I think, like, I think, like for like for others, like you can't like or for the government recommendations that came out there on Friday, uh, they just like gave, you know it's just very vague, like you know golf clubs are going to open or whatever are going to open. Like maybe it's all going to change now before eighteenth of May. Maybe they will have more specific guidelines in place. But I think like at the moment, there's um, uh, like there's just not much going on at all. Um, and I think like fair play for actually giving a few kind of guidelines, especially those ones around like the amount per square meter or things like that. Like, like it, it makes sense to actually have these uh, recommendations. And as Tommy Tommy said earlier on, like you know having like, at least that is some bit of a, a checklist um, in place there for them to be like you know we can do this 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 and this and you know we'll you know, hit that then we're happy enough um, and you know yeah. obviously. These are recommendations that come from vintners and if the HSE or uh, MPHET or whatever come along and uh, take those guidelines and actually make them better than what they are there and, you know, have a kind of a checklist in place for establishing it. But, like, you know, it, I, I do think more specific guidelines are going to need to be put in place for every business, like, you know. So I know I know we, we slapped a bit there tonight. Um, yeah, and I think I, it was I, just in your own head trying to like you're picking specific pubs, specific examples, and stuff like that. But yeah, it's it's uh, it's tough, tough going. At the, I know. At, at the end of the day, we're three lads that are gasping for a point in a pub, trying to figure out like how is this going to work and is it feasible for us to go? Like you know, and that that's ultimately that's what everyone around the country is doing. And like, if you think it's complicated for pubs. Like they have, they have mm. like team sports ahead of opening pubs on that document, and like imagine you want to try and play a game, a football match or a soccer match. <laughs> like, like, you know what I mean? And some lads like, and like when you play a sport, you have to fucking spit and stuff like you know, and and like you're sweating, you're coughing. Like Jesus Christ, these lads that haven't ran for fucking three months trying to run, they're going to be coughing yeah. and spluttering everywhere. Yeah. It'll, it'll be just fucking lads fucking ripping out of you. Uh, yeah, I totally agree. I just don't see how... Yeah, there's no... Again, like we said, the different phases. Like they said, like I, I know that they're op- that they're going to op- open up uh, the golf, tennis. It all makes sense. Parks at a certain point all make sense. But then there's certain things that don't appear to make sense. One thing I found, uh, if you saw... Leo on the late late when he mentioned oh that there may be an All Ireland this year, I think that he kind of quivered then after he said it. He was like, I shouldn't have said that. Set himself up for a fail because I, th- I think like I put it this way, you like even in the documents uh, it says museums, galleries, and places of workship 
uh, worship reopen sports and team leagues e.g. soccer and GA and swimming pools and then underneath it says all subject to social distancing imagine being a full back and trying to adhere to social distancing Mark and Joe Canning like you have to stay fucking two yeah. years away like come on like I think I think he he knew the moment he said that that he made a fuck up there, in my mind, there's absolutely no way that contact sport comes back in 2020 at all. I, I don't see contact sport coming back until the R0 of this vaccine. virus is pretty much at zero or a vaccine comes in. And I, I'm and, and I don't and even at that, looking at this looking at the science, I'm not sure if if we get a, a, a vaccine. And even like that, they're saying 18 months to develop a vaccine. You're talking about another 18 months to two years before that vaccine is produced mm. on a scale that everyone in the country can be given it and let's call it spade a spade most of the team sports that we play soccer GA are working class sports and they're going to be the last people to get the vaccine so I yeah there's a huge scepticism in me I don't think there's going to be any uh, GA in 2020 I think professional sports highly paid professional sports like the Premier League there's enough money behind them to test that a level that they could probably introduce in training camps but they tried to do that in Germany and they started training together and in the first week um in the first week of them going back training, there's a, there's actually 10 people after being tested positive is confirmed today and that's after they've gone back training. So now you've got a whole host of players who have a 7 to 14 day incubation period where they have to wait and see if they're going to catch on. So even in one of the countries... Uh, on that note, I know this is an episode in itself, but what do you think is the latest or your latest view on the league, on the Premier League? Uh, just finish the season as it is there's, there's like yeah. more than 75% of the season done it's an unnecessary risk and everyone's in a position that they're in based on sport and merit at this stage like I say that as a Liverpool fan but I, I say that genuinely in terms of like you know ultimately it's actually actually really harsh on the likes of Sheffield United who were within a show of, of qualifying for the Champions League but, but there's enough of the season gone that the teams are where they are based on sport and merit. And yeah. I think I, I think particularly I, I am biased as a Liverpool fan, but like they're 25 points clear with fucking what nine games to go. Like the league was done. So like they have won the league on sport and merit. And I think relegations are harsh and there's a lot of money at stake. But like at the end of the day, like it's 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 more than 75% of the league is done and it's really harsh on the teams that could be put potentially promoted then to not promote them so unless unless you abolish relegation and promote the two top two in the championship and have a 22 team Premier League next season but they're not again they're in a shit position like there's no easy answer you're not going to appease everyone yeah no that's fair yeah that's fair I'd say well uh, and maybe I'm biased as well but I'd say you have to avoid it uh, unless there's a 100% of the season done because you can't like relegate or you can't like you know, it's 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 like like yes, I think it'd probably be fair to award Liverpool the league title now, but like for everyone else, like because we're so far ahead, but for everyone else, it's not fair. Like you know, that seventy five percent, there's a lot can happen in the remaining twenty five percent. So, mm. I suppose the problem then is UEFA have said if you avoid the league completely and you don't award positions, um. Then those no team from that country is eligible to cut, take part in the Europa League or the Champions League. So I suppose there is there's that complication. So I think I think even if you do finish the league, you still have to award the positions. And then I think I think you're right in what you say on like whoever's top four. Yeah, 
uh, it's harsh on the teams in fifth or sixth. But but on on the, like I don't know, it, it's impossible. Like it's impossible to appease everyone. So I think it's it's one of these things that it depends on your perspective and your point of view and who you support. Yeah. Uh, there's, there's more important things out there than a fucking season. Yeah, anyway, like, exactly. Um, so just to round up the podcast there, um, DJ, you attended a virtual beer festival there. Um, on actually, actually, first of all, because we've never done an episode where we haven't where we haven't done it, and um, so we better just say what you're drinking tonight. So, um, DJ, what are you drinking there tonight? So yeah, actually that that's linked into the virtual beer festival. First of all, I want to give a shout out to the Brian Cahill of the crack beer community who set it up. They set up Beer Cloud that delivered all the beer nationwide, um, and you can all, you can order craft beers now, independent produced beers off Beer Cloud and get it delivered nationwide right now. So any listeners, if you're looking to sample some beers um, from independent Irish breweries and you're in Ireland, uh, give a visit. It's a great website. Even I fucking use it. Of course. The beer festival was brilliant. There was a couple of breweries involved. Started off with Owen, our mate Barry and Kildare Brewing Company, who actually gave the podcast a little shout out for being very supportive over the last few weeks um, at the beer festival. And um, Kildare Brewing Company did a tasting with Soldiers Island. Their pale ale was lovely. Um, and then Doc Brewing uh, did a teeny tiny Owen. This is 3.3% New England style pale ale. And it, you'd yeah. love it. It's so juicy. Like I wrote a little blog for the Portish podcast. Our Portish poked up uh, there yesterday on it. Don't you start uh, a podcast if you start a podcast. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> so so I, I actually, I gave that a really glowing report because it was a delicious bear and um, there was a couple of other breweries involved but actually I had to jump out halfway through. I couldn't stay for the whole thing. It was going on for like six hours and it was fucking 11 beers and I was like, I can't keep up with this. Uh, so tonight I'm drinking a beer from a brewery I've never had before. It's uh, Heaney Farmhouse beer brewed in Ireland, and it's a digital leash, which is a limited edition IPA, six percent, and it's absolute fucking juice. It's actually dry hopped with a, a Galaxy hop that I've never had before. Never had a beer with it in that I know of. And Amarillo, lovely, lovely, juicy fucking pale ale, right up my alley. And six percent, like six percent, nice punchy percent. Like I like a six percent because mm. it's not, it's not so low that you're going to end up drinking too many of them but it's not so high that you're going to be dead after two or three of them so it, yeah. it's, and it's not it's not it's, it's not unpleasant on the palate it's really really soft so lovely beer and I had actually Wide Street Brewing was another brewery that I wasn't familiar with there and I had one of their sours uh, a sour ale just before we came on and it was a bit too it was a bit too raw for me uh, but I had their Pilsner last night when I was Mills Pills when I was writing that blog and that was a delicious beer as well um, and then uh, they also had 12 Acres on too, um, which is a brewery that we're quite familiar with, True Toddies and uh, Billy Burns, which is another great brewery. So it was a fucking brilliant, it was a brilliant thing. They want to have a second virtual beer festival. Oh, and I know you're gutted you missed out on the one on Saturday. So um, yeah. they want a second virtual, virtual beer festival um, where basically they'll put up online when it's happening and then you'll be able to order the pack from Beer Cloud uh, for the beer festival. And when Beer Cloud sent out the pack, there was uh, a bottle holder from Dead Center Brewing that they sent out, and they sent out some beer mats and some crisps and some chocolate as well with all the beer. Uh, so fair play to them. And uh, the other brewery I forgot to mention that was involved uh, was St. Mel's, which which they did like some really cool German style beers as well. And and the uh, the brewer there, Liam, the fucking great crack. So great day, 
great day of fair play to Ryan and uh, for setting it up and fair play to all the Brewers for giving their time and they gave some great anecdotes and insights into the breweries and the beers at the brew and how they come up with them and stuff and um, I was fucking it was a pleasure just to sit sit at the laptop on a sunny day out the back drink a few beers and, and uh, how people brew their beers and why they brew them and uh, it was fucking a great way to spend the Saturday and uh, that sounds good yeah sounds like a, a good I'll definitely join in for the next one I was actually kind of I was going to there last time I did like I think he had sent me the link previous to it but I hadn't kind of really grasped um, what the crack what it was that like it was order uh, a pack of beer and that he discussed them on the thing uh, so when I tried to log in obviously I was just like sure what are you after an idiot you don't have you haven't bought any of the beers like I'd say it looked like some because uh, yeah, it I think I think the registration link came with the order. So like, because oh, right. um, in fairness, like it, it was one of these things that you had to support. It was for to support the breweries as well. So like, yeah, yeah, initiative and um, I was fucking great there. Like you know, I was fucking started off at quarter to three and drinking fucking cans in the sun at quarter to three on a Saturday is is no bad way to spend your Saturday. Um, and Tommy, what are you drinking? You're on the tea, are you? No, here. I'm on. But, but no, I just, I just wolfed down two sandwiches, two big chicken sandwiches, just before I started this, and uh, I'm just, uh, I washed it down with a big. Uh, I actually made two of them. That my mother came in halfway through it. Uh, I actually, I was, I was in a bit of a, a, a haze, so I made two glasses of the 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 rocket. So I had one. If I have another one, I I might sleep tonight. So I'll uh, just just the one Baraka. It's the first. It's definitely the first. Thing on the podcast uh, it's definitely the first oh, yeah. Barack is featured on the podcast yeah new sponsor <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so, so, sounds a good one bit of welcome down that and you'll be you'll be flying it yeah um, and I'm on um, uh, it's called another bloody IPA and it's by Cottonball Brewing Company um, who are from Cork? It's a six percent, um, and it's a IPA infused with um, blood orange. Um, it's nice, um, but it's not as it's not as orangey or it's not as fruity as um, I'd like it to be. You know what I mean? It's it's it kind of just blends into being another another IPA rather than another bloody IPA. If you get me. Uh, yeah. So yeah, it's 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 fine. It's drinkable. Um, it's six percent. I got it down in and I'll carry out there. Um, uh, the other day with a, a host of other ones. But I actually was so on Saturday when I missed the virtual beer club. I was like, "Fuck this! I'm just gonna get the back." <laughs> uh, I I just I was just so pissed off with the whole thing. So. Uh, I ended up just getting a load of... So I had the remainder of the lockdown IPA, um, so I polished that off. And then I had bought... Um, th- I think I bought three Killarney Brewing Company um, beers down below. So um, I can't even remember the names of them. But um, yeah, I got, I got, I got quite drunk um, in the house on them. So yeah, it was a nice... It was nice. It's the first time I've been... Um, properly scattered in the house, like. Um, and did you make it up the stairs? Uh, barely, yeah, barely. Um, but yeah, 
I also uh, I hosted a quiz and um, won another quiz that night. So, um, yeah, it was a very successful night. Um, so, you should do it more often. I should do it more often. Yeah. yeah. Um, no, that's pretty good. That's very good. Like, um, And then, Tommy, actually, you just told us before you came on here, you recorded the next uh, Irish Design Podcast, so people should keep an eye out for that. Keep an eye out, yeah. Uh, episode is dropping this when Wednesday. Um, so yeah, it is with a girl uh, from Cork called Sinead Cass- Cassidy. Um, so she's got a very good story to tell. So do get uh, do actually do get um, do get involved because uh, she has quite a cool story that she was um, in the world of corporate finance and she threw it all away uh, to become an interior designer. So she's dead right. She's dead right. Exactly, and, yeah. Uh, and uh, I suppose you, for, before we finish the podcast, on, I just want to give a shout out to our three new patrons there. Oh, I was like, I was, yeah, just, yeah. I, was, I was just about to say, like, DJ, could you stall there for a second while I look up the patrons? Uh, I have an open here in front of me. David, Katie and Dara, thanks, thanks a million for your support. It's really, really welcome. Um, I think the last few weeks, rightly so, we've been talking about like not plugging our or Patreon but like we have to thank the people who've ju- ju- jumped on board and uh, come on board so slime shit and then again like I said last few weeks support the local food banks wherever you are because they need your support um, I think it was West um, was it West Pharma uh, donated 15,000 euro to the Waterford Food Bank last week so. wow fair play good stuff and um, so uh, thanks a million for um, join us there, there tonight, lads, and thanks to our new patrons and stuff for for chipping in. Um, any parting words there, lads? Stay safe, mind yourselves, and the pubs will be open before you fucking know it. Yeah, I'll buy you all a pint. <laughs> <laughs> all right, good luck. Good luck. Good luck. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.